It's that glorious time of year as you are considering making New Year resolutions that will most likely not last a week. We do it every year. I know you want to make some changes, and I'm with you. But instead of making promises, what about making a plan? It's time to go the second mile and reestablishing your plan. Hey, this is Travis Agnew, and thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5, 41, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile. We are a group of people who love Jesus so much that we want to reject any type of mediocre uh, attempt at living for him, but to go in and go all out as we fall in the second mile. And on this last episode of the year of 2021, and what a doozy it's been, this is the 153rd episode of the podcast, and I want to talk to you about reestablishing your plan. So uh, I know you're still cleaning up from Christmas and I know you're still trying to figure out stuff. Hopefully you're getting a few days off of work and you probably are ending up the year not exactly the way you wanted to end it up and which makes you kind of fearful of the coming year. And so if you're one of those people uh, that likes to think about New Year's resolutions, I want to open up and think through a different way for you to consider it, uh, at least this year. Um, first mile believers, those who do the bare minimum, uh, as good Americans, right, we make resolutions. You know, you're going to change this in your spiritual life and you're going to exercise more and you're going to do these things a little bit better. Stop doing this, start doing that. We, we, a ton of people do that, right? A lot of people make resolutions. Second mile believers, though, are those who I would say they make plans. Instead of just making resolutions, they make plans. Now, you may step back and say, okay, well, what, what does that mean for us as a believer? Well, one of the most um, frustrating places in scripture for me for a long time this is in James chapter 4, where he says, hey, if you say today or tomorrow we're going to go into such and such a city, spend a year there, make business, engage in, you know, make a profit, yet you don't know what your life is going to be like today or tomorrow. And your life is like a vapor, which vanishes very soon, right? And so you go, okay, does that mean don't make plans? Well, then verse 15 says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Well, what is he saying there? He's saying this. The scripture is not telling you to uh, avoid making plans. In fact, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about doing that. What is he saying? No, make your plans according to um, God's will, but also make your plans to say, hey, we're going to plan to do this if the Lord wills. Uh, The old Southern way is if the Lord wills, uh, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, right? Like if I make it, if I survive, then this is what I hope to do by God's will and God's help and God's ways. And so you're saying, hey, I want to make a plan uh, because I want to invest my life in significant ways. And if the Lord wills, if he allows me, this is what I'm going to hopefully live. And if I continue to live, this is what I'm planning to do. And so hopefully with this new year, you have the opportunity not to make resolutions, but actually make plans. So a different way to think about it, to reestablish your plan instead of just making a bunch of empty promises is actually to start, okay, thinking a little bit differently. Because a lot of people, they do make New Year's resolutions with varying levels of success. Uh, I made an effort in recent years not to do New Year's resolutions, but to do old year evaluations. And what I mean by that is, depending upon the year, I've spent hours, if not even up to a week, evaluating not what I do, but actually how I do it. If you have a busy pace, it may seem impossible to take time to evaluate because you have so much to do. But trust me, if you can learn to work smarter now and live smarter now and love smarter now, you'll find yourself actually working faster and be more productive uh, and at a later time. So in recent 
recent years, um, I've spent, once again, just a few hours or a couple of days just kind of thinking through, uh, spent time of being critical how I personally do things and, and it's changed the way I work for the better and spend time with my family for the better, do my devotions for the better. It's allowed me to be more productive and worthwhile endeavors. Uh, this type of process of evaluating, not once again, before New Year's resolutions, is old years evaluations. It's changed the way that I do administrative tasks in my job. I plan to work on projects, conduct Bible reading and memorization. Uh, I work with things of how I spend time and have date nights with my wife or intentional time with my kids, uh, organize bookshelves, pay bills, budget money, systematically check in on people, whatever it is, it's a time for me to stop. And what Stephen Covey used to say, to sharpen the ax. Stop just cutting at the tree with a dull ax. Take a moment. Uh, and sharpen that thing. And then as you work, it's going a little better. So when I look at how I do things, I've started thinking it this way. Don't evaluate what you do, but evaluate how you do it. So if you work in a church, in a business, in a home, if you are single, if you're married, if you're young, if you're old, you can always invest time in working smarter and more effective. So this isn't just like a, a way to think through like, oh, you just, you know, kind of secular leadership mindset, right? This is actually a biblical thing on how the Bible is clear on how we should spend our time. And it's a wise thing to evaluate it from time to time. Like one of the things in the Bible that it says is that we should be productive. Proverbs 6, 6 says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways be wise. So if you watch how ants operate, they're in constant motion, focused upon one task, and they repeat over and over and over. There's a lot to consider there. And so typically I'll, I'll think through my last year and what's coming up this year and I go, okay, how can I be more productive and focused on the task that God has given me, the, the people and the opportunities that God's put in my path? Like, am I doing things focused or am I distracted? So if I'm distracted, what do I need to take out? What do I need to start putting in? Another way to think about it is to schedule your priorities. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says it this way, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. So what is God's will for your life? Well, it's to make the absolute best use of the time allotted to you. Um, I once had a mentor tell me, stop prioritizing your schedule and start scheduling your priorities. There's a good lesson there. Maybe you can't get to all the things God has called you to because you aren't. You are doing the things that other people want you to do, right? Um, I think there's other examples for me to stop and look at my schedule and say, okay, am I taking an actual like Sabbath rest? Uh, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'll just remind you that in Exodus chapter 20, says that there's a need for a weekly rest. If you think about the principle of the Sabbath, you know that, number one, you need to work hard enough six days of the week so that you can't make it without a day's rest. But number two, you, you need to trust the sovereign God for seven days of provision off of six days of labor. It's a trust issue. And I know this, you and I, were not as important or as indispensable as we think we are. And so with this, you think about, okay, I want to be productive, number one. Number two, I want to schedule the priorities. But number three, also resting to make sure that on those days I am working, I have the mentality and uh, the heart and and just the, the awareness of where I am because I've actually been able to say I'm going to trust in God for seven days of provision and order my days according to him. If you take that one day of rest, it actually allows your six days of work to be more fulfilling and actually fruitful, which is hard to believe, but I promise you it will happen.
think scripture also teaches us in, uh, to number our days. In Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, it says, teach us to number our days so we may gain a heart of wisdom. So once you realize that time is limited, you start becoming more productive. You, you get to work about the things that are most important in life. You focus, you prioritize, you become intentional. And so we, we start, we, we realize, just like in James says, that we are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. So we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. We're praying, Lord, if it's your will and I live another day, another month, another year, like I want to do these things, so help me do it to the absolute best that I, I can. So as we're there, we understand our life is a vapor. So that means if the, if the Almighty keeps the vapor alive long enough, uh, he has the right to change the vaporous plan anytime he wants to. But as the vapor, I'm going to say, Lord, since I'm only here for a little while, let me take the best opportunity, take advantage of the time that I'm given. So I want to encourage you to take some time at the end of this year and at the beginning of a new one to do some evaluation. Look at those areas that are cumbersome to you in life. What are those trouble areas that seem to slow you down or frustrate the process? What tasks do you feel like you're always trying to play catch up on? Any systems that you need to create? And, and so with that, it helps you to stop and evaluate where you are and to say, so if the Lord wills, I'm going to live and do this or that. So I want to encourage you to stop and to say, what is it that I'm doing well? What are those things that I'm really struggling in and how can I make some changes? In the next couple of days, um, personally, um, even though it's the end of the year, I've got a to-do list, uh, you know, a mile long, just as, as many of you do. In order to accomplish them, those tasks more effectively, uh, I've decided every year I'm going to carve out some time to evaluate how I can do them better. In, in reality, on this day, there are some things that I feel like I need to get done, but if I just stop and say, you know what, I'm not going to get to that. The, the world's going to continue to go in motion. Um, I'm, I'm going to survive, most likely if the Lord wills, right? Um, but if, if you could just stop to carve out some time to evaluate, not what you need to do, but take just even a few hours and say, how can I do it better? What I'm going to do is I'm going to get a whiteboard out, um, and it's going to be empty in just a little bit, uh, or it's empty right now, and I'm going to fill it out, going to probably just fill it up completely with a list of issues, problem areas, unorganized processes, uh, blind spots, whatever they are in my life. And I'm just going to lay them out there. I'm going to probably get discouraged for about four minutes. And then we'll say, all right, now with the Lord's help and the Spirit's wisdom and scriptural um, instruction, how can I do this better? I'm going to put out more ideas about to be more intentional, productive at home, is there ways that I can fulfill better times when I'm with my wife, with my kids? Is there a better use of the time that I spend in the car on my commute to work? Uh, is there in my office, is there certain things that are slowing me down or hindering? Is there certain facets in my schedule? I've already thought about one about long-term planning and how I do study and preparation for sermons. And I'm going to try something this year that I've never done before that I think is going to probably help me out. And if it doesn't work, guess what? I'll step back and I'll punt and I'll do something else. So it helps me to be more intentional. And, and so why do we go through a process like this? Why do we spend so much time of shifting and organizing and changing things? Why is this process so important? Because I have one life and I want to use that life to fulfill it. Uh, I want to do fulfill it as closely as I can to why God has put me on this earth. And so to do that, that means I just can't keep rushing from the next thing. Sometimes it's just to stop, get a whiteboard out, get a blank sheet of paper, and to say, okay, God, what have you called me to do? 
where are the areas where I'm not fulfilling it well, or I could do it better, and what are some changes that I need to make in my life? What's a plan that I need to make to make sure that I am the, the child of God, the husband, the father, the pastor, the friend that he's called me to do? I have one life, you have one life, and we want to live it as wisely as we can, not on the first mile, but on the second mile, following him as closely as we can. I hope to see you on the second mile.